0: our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. 381 381 I want to test something and I need you to call in and participate in this test and I'm going to make it very simple just for the first segment and then you'll understand what is the most important issue or policy that you think A Republican Congress should be focused on? What is the most important issue or policy that you think a Republican Congress should be focused on? That is my question. If you're in Congress, what is the big issue that you want to focus on? Now, Mitch McConnell won the Senate leadership election and the media are thrilled. Why are the media thrilled? Even many of our media are thrilled. Why are many in our media thrilled? It was 37 to 10 with one voting present. Mitch McConnell never had 10 senators vote against him for leadership position. Now you would have thought it would be a little closer than that, considering what happened, but no. No. Mitch McConnell is the least popular Republican among Republicans. He can't even campaign in Georgia right now. Oh, his boy Stephen Law will throw money into Georgia. All this money they collect from special interests and so forth, and this is why those guys are bought and paid for by the Washington establishment, and they are the Washington establishment. But my question is... Why can't Mitch McConnell go into Georgia and campaign for Herschel Walker? The reason is he's so incredibly unpopular. And another reason is the guy cannot speak. He's not passionate. He's not charismatic. He's quite the opposite. And it's funny that people who critiqued Trump last night, some of the same... You know, most of these guys are Bush guys. Have you noticed? Most of the people attacking Trump are Bush guys. McConnell guys. That's who they are. But they said Trump last night was a little sleepy and so forth. It was obvious Trump wanted to change his tone. He was much more, I think, effective in the way he delivered his speech. Much more. He was very substantive. You could tell he was very knowledgeable about all the issues said oh boy he's boring so on the one hand they say you know he needs to cool it on the other hand he cools it and then they say "Whoa, he cools it and so we have a conga line of people who are going to comment tonight who commented yesterday who have the same mindset and they're telling us what to think and they're telling they hate trump they're telling us about trump now i want to talk to you about the media for a second I'm giving you time to call in, too, but I want to get into this. The media are desperate for a war between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. They're desperate for it. That's why DeSantis has been very, very smart not to take the bait. I'm hoping Donald Trump will continue in the mode he was last night. But that's what they want. Why? So they can knock them both out and clear a way for a rhino who can't win. That's exactly what's going on. So the media are desperate for a war between DeSantis and Trump. Trump took the bait once, has backed off so far, I hope he continues to, DeSantis hasn't taken the bait once. In fact DeSantis said today, look I am focused, there's things we still need to do in Florida and so forth, doesn't mean he's not plotting to run for president. And he has every right to do that. He'd be a great president. And now they're running around asking, who do you endorse, who do you endorse, who do you endorse? I mean, folks, we, we have a country to save here right now. The media are trying to drive an agenda. Look at the New York Post every day now with the comical, childlike front page. In fact, it's so comical and childlike that CNN now is touting the New, York Times, the New York Post front page. They're using it. They're laughing. They're having a good old time. And if the, uh, the little boys and girls at the New York Post and elsewhere don't understand, they're creating a backlash. Just like the nerds, the office nerds at the Wall Street Journal editorial page. National Review, nobody's even reading it anymore. But you get the point. You keep poking, poking, poking. Oh, look, we're having fun here in our newsroom, and our opinion room. Oh, we're having fun. You're so stupid. You're getting the opposite reaction. You're getting the opposite reaction. And you're going to continue to get the opposite reaction. And you may actually lose some followers. Because this is serious business saving this country. Serious business saving this country. Which goes back to my opening question to you, ladies and gentlemen, which is this. Speaking of saving the country, what do you consider? What do you consider the most important issue that Congress should be taking up right now, immediately? That the Republicans should be fighting for and looking for answers for legislatively? What are the most important issues? Melissa. Lake Royals, Florida, XM Satellite. What's the most important issue, Melissa?
3: Energy independence, Mark. I'd like to see our pipelines open back up because I live in rural Florida, and we are farmers and ranchers, and everything that we do relies on diesel and fuel. I'm a teacher. I drive an hour away to school every day. So that money is draining our pockets, and I don't see any – plugins on these trees that i live in for Mm -hmm. a an electric outlet to plug up an electric car it just is not possible in rural america
0: all right melissa thank you matthew i don't know where he's from well let's go to paul macon georgia wmac paul what is the most important issue as you see it illegal immigration illegal immigration so that should be their first act to do something yeah. about that. I Absolutely. can't hear. You. All right. Fair enough. Thank you. I'm going to move on to Jeff. I'm moving fast. I don't. Well, wait a minute. Let's go to. Let's go to Jeff. I don't know where you're from, Jeff. But where are you from? I'm going too fast. All right, I'm, I'm outpacing the ability of our phone system to catch up. So far, energy and illegal immigration. We're going to take a break. If you have a comment, call in immediately, because I'm not doing this all day. I'm doing this for about five more minutes, and then you'll understand where I'm going with it. I'll be right back. Mark lovin'. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new completely free online course at LevinFrayHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Completely free online at LevinFrayHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. What is the number one issue that Republicans should be pushing in Congress right now? The number one issue. So far, we've had energy and immigration. Jake Guthrie, Iowa, XM Satellite. What do you say, brother?
1: Diesel prices, Mark.
0: Diesel uh, prices, exactly. As far as I'm
1: concerned, this year... Yep, Joe Biden will be the Grinch who stole Christmas around my home as I'm a full-time truck driver, owner-operator.
0: And you see what's happening, which is a a shock. Thank you, Jake, and I'm sorry about that. Andrew, Green Bay, Wisconsin, the great WTAQ, hell of a football game over the weekend. Go ahead, Andrew. Indeed.
2: Indeed. Uh, Energy
0: uh, uh, self-sufficiency and a lot of these other problems, like inflation and everything, will take care of themselves once we have that. All right. Thank you, my friend. Let's go to Clifton, New York. The great WHAM. Paul, what do you say?
1: I say the economy and inflation. One will take care of the other and uh, mm. get, get everybody back to work and making this
0: country uh, what it's supposed to be. Okay, my friend. Let's keep going. Frank. Long Island, the great W.A.B.C. What's the number one issue Congress, particularly Republicans, should be pushing
4: right now? Taking the lid off the deep state, kind of a cheat issue, but it touches on everything. That mm-hmm. that includes exposing a rogue Justice Department, all of the internationalists undermining the Constitution and our country, election fraud. That, you take the lid off that,
0: you know... And that is pulling the ticks off before you can address the Lyme disease. All right, my friend. Kevin, San Diego, California, XM Satellite, what is the number one issue the Republicans in Congress should be addressing and and focused on? First issue. Mark, you're a
1: great American. Thank you. First issue is McCarthy needs to make a statement, and they need to uh, defund the... IRS agents. They need to come out of the gate and say, we're going to do what we said we're going to do.
0: All right. Appreciate that. Jacob Benton, Illinois on the Mark Levin app. What is the number one issue Republicans should confront right now? Jacob.
1: I think the first thing most immediate is to fix the economy, whether that means getting our energy independence back. I think first of all, and, uh, Getting more money back in our
0: pockets so we can continue to thrive like we're supposed to. All right, Jacob, thank you. Dave, in Boca Raton, Florida, the great WJNO, the number one issue Republicans in Congress should confront immediately. What is it, Dave?
1: Social media. Too many bots have too many influence on the Democrat Party, and they're listening to bots versus listening to people.
0: All right, sir. Thank you. They're all good. Mark, what are you getting at? Stay with me. Monica, Brooksville, Florida, XM Satellite. What is the number one issue?
4: Close the borders.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Short and sweet. There we go. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, here we are. What is it that the Republicans are going to focus on? Well, the Republicans have just focused on giving the Democrats 12 votes in the United States Senate to overcome a filibuster to codify same-sex marriage. That's the first things the Republicans did. Under their newly minted leader, who's been there forever, Mitch McConnell, they didn't say, we're not voting on anything till we get the border addressed. With illegal immigration, to get this inflation addressed, and the economy addressed, to deal with big tech, to deal with the FBI. That wasn't their first issue. What did they do? They showed bipartisanship, bipartisanship, blah, blah, blah. So 12 Republican senators, led by Tillis of North Carolina. And Collins in Maine, because I guess they're the real tail that wags the dog of the Republican Party. They voted to codify same-sex marriage all over the country. Why? Can anybody tell me why? Now, there are some gay people listening saying, well, what's wrong with that? Why? Can gay people not get married? We have a Supreme Court decision that said they can't. And it applies to the entire country. Why would any Republican waste their time with this? Why? They say they built some protections in there for religious liberty. I spoke to one of the conservative senators who actually understands how the law works. He said, not good enough. So in terms of protecting religious liberty That would be a federalism issue for the states. So they want to blow out the states altogether. So this was what the Republicans did. Their first act was to ensure a filibuster-proof vote on quote-unquote codifying, they like to say, same-sex marriage. Now, why would they do that? As opposed to saying, no, we want to fight for these other issues. Why would they do that? Because they're led by a numbskull. And he's going to disappoint you at every turn. Well, what about the judges? That's always their answer. What about his fundraising? Always the same answer. No agenda. As I speak, it's been over a week since the election. This guy was just elected 37 to 10 and one abstention one voting president, the Republican leader again. Did he run on a legislative agenda? No, there's nothing in the media that says he did. Well, what's his legislative agenda? You're not going to believe it. I'm going to tell you what it is after the break. I don't have enough time to do it right now. But your legislative agenda is not the same as Mitch McConnell's legislative agenda. And this is my point. This vote will play well at the New York Times and the Washington Compost. This vote will play well at the constipated news network and MSLSD. This vote'll play well here and there, you know, Manhattan and, and Palm Springs and so forth. this vote has nothing to do with anything substantive. You got people out there who are sweating it to make ends meet. You've got an economy that's on the brink with diesel fuel shortages and other things coming. And this is what the Republicans decide to do with their first damn vote. My God. They point to DeSantis. He's the future. These guys can't hold a candle to DeSantis. They don't believe in DeSantis. They don't believe in conservatism at all. I'll be right back. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new completely free online course at LevinFrayHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Completely free online at LevinFrayHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com.
2: The Mark Levin Show,
1: where we create the talking points. Call in now. 877-381-
0: 3811. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I rarely am wrong, but I want to apologize to you I was mistaken. Mitch McConnell held a press conference today, and he did lay out his legislative agenda. I want you to increase the volume on your radio or however you're listening to this program and take a very careful listen cut one go and so
1: my message to the administration and you saw some of it this year let's find some things between the 40 yard lines that we can agree on and do them and we did some of that this year infrastructure chips school safety mental health we need to make some progress for the american people but it's going to have to be in the political center If the House becomes Republican, there's no more one party running over us like they did through reconciliation.
0: There you go. Wow. The infrastructure bill. 19 idiotic Republicans adding to the inflation in this country. Chips, which they said that'll teach the Chinese a lesson. It had no teeth. School safety. He's talking about gun control. And mental health. I have no idea what they've done to advance the cause of mental health. Certainly not much. That's the great middle. That doesn't address a single thing you folks said to me in the 20 or 30 minutes that I allotted to your calls. Nothing. Uh, Is that what Chuck Schumer said his agenda is? Let's meet at the 40-yard line in the center. You know what he's pushing? Amnesty. Citizenship. For all the illegal aliens in the country.
5: That's what he said. Cut four, Mr. Producer, go. But I also believe in it as an overall, as an American, who wants to see our country be stronger. Because immigrants make us stronger now more than ever now more than ever we're short of workers uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own Now we're short
0: of people who want to work we're not short of workers there's 7 million people sitting on their asses because of your policies clown and biden subsidizing them sitting on their asses anyway go ahead
5: and it used to the only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the Dreamers, and all of them. Because our ultimate goal is to help the Dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented
0: there are. Listen, I don't know how many are 11 million. Maybe it's 100 million. Whatever. We want to give them all citizenship. Now, keep in mind, he doesn't want to secure the border either. Does that sound like he wants to meet in the center at the 40-yard line? Now, this is a leader. He's a leader, a leader of Marxism, but that is a leader. Does McConnell sound like, I want to meet at the 40-yard line. How about we meet at the border and secure it, you idiot? And he has all those people trumpeting his amazing qualifications. There's no qualifications. He's a he's a suck up. He's a uh, he's a sellout. That's because you're a right wing, Mark. No, not right wing.
5: Cut six, Mister Reducer, Go. If we can get 10 Republicans to join us, we will get this done by the end of the year. It's the smart thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's the moral thing to do. It's the humane thing to do. And I want to assure everyone here, we will not stop fighting till we get a fix for DACA, a pathway to citizenship for Dreamers, and a pathway to citizenship for all undocumented.
0: You notice they keep raising the bar. It was DACA, now it's everybody, ladies and gentlemen, and not just amnesty, citizenship which we knew he always wanted. I've been telling you that for 20 years, sitting right here in this chair. And what is the Republican response? There is none. Because our great leader, Mitch McConnell, is slow on his feet and marble-mouthed. And he doesn't even agree with us we got we got, the infrastructure, infrastructure. And uh, I told Bob we'd be beat on the 40-hour line. You know, we got to come to the center here. He has no comprehension of what we're up against here, these Marxist forces and movements. He's a moron. Dressed up as a genius. He's a moron. And 37 Republicans voted to... Extend his leadership, as they call it. And come January, he will be the longest serving Republican leader in American history. Well, that's sure worth it. It just shows you. They talk about the quality of candidates, right? Well, now it's my turn. Let's talk about the quality of our senators. McConnell's team, it sucks. They're not even average. They've got no testosterone, even the women. They have no hormones. The men and the women in the Republican Senate are pathetic cowards. They talk about a country club. It really is a country club. They have no connection. Look at, you folks called in, you said the border, the economy, inflation, big tech. There's an arms long list of things that need to be addressed. I'm not saying we will win, but fight. Look at what Schumer said. we got to get 10 Republicans, and I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up, he says, until we give citizenship to every illegal immigrant. Every illegal immigrant, they let in 5 million more illegal immigrants. They're stuck on that 11 million number for the last 30 years. That's not what McConnell says. Uh, but we're going to see we're gonna, we can meet. And that's it. No leadership. Not on policy. Not on communications. And he stands there like it's a funeral every time with the, with the five biggest, dumbest looking white guys standing around him. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? Basaro, uh, Thune, what's he got? Cornyn, the other jerk who just uh, is retiring from Missouri. I can't remember his name. They're all standing there, bobbing their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, what? And then when you question them, oh Trump, Trump, uh, Trump. You know, we would have won everything, but we Trump, we Trump, and Trump. But it's more than Trump. I just came across an article that was leaked to Mediate. Obviously, coming from the Mitch McConnell. Corner because Mitch doesn't like being called out for his failures. He doesn't like being called out for his failures. So there's a hit on DeSantis in there coming from a Republican. And what's the hit on? Well, um, let me see, let me pull this up for you. I just I just sent this out. Here it is. It's at Mediaite. You know, when there's leaks to these enterprises, you know, it's uh, it's sort of the classic Mitch McConnell leak. And Mediaite, of course, is filled with reprobates and morons. Why did the GOP let Ron DeSantis and Rick Scott cannibalize the Tea Party's 2022 funds to prop up their 2024 ambitions? This is Sarah Rump. You remember her. She's a phony fraud and a reprobate. And she just put this out. With the Republicans' red wave failing to materialize in the midterm elections and no shortage of figure-pointing going on as ambitious Republicans seek to absolve themselves of fault and elbow the rivals out of the way, one question that should be asked is why did the Republicans allow Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Senator Rick Scott to cannibalize the party's resources? Now, where would this come from, Mr. Producer? You think Sarah Rump? is smart enough to look into this or something. No, the media are stupid. Now, they're left-wing, but they're stupid, so they're hand-fed this stuff. So guys like Stephen Law, who has his head so far up McConnell's ass that that's his career. His career is walking around with McConnell, with his head up his ass. Desantis's reelection campaign against former Republican governor and independent uh, Charlie Crist was predicted to be a wipeout by virtually all political observers from the beginning. There were a few brief moments of wondering if the Supreme Court Dobbs' decision might boost a Democratic turnout or the Venezuela migrants' uh, DeSantis flew to blah, blah, blah. But he was going to win, don't you know? And when President Joe Biden praised the DeSantis administration's response to Hurricane Ian in early October, it was viewed as the final nail in the coffin for Chris Hopes for victory. Doesn't this sound like this was spoon-fed to her, Mr. Perdusa? 2022 race for Florida governor is officially over was the blunt assessment by Florida politics publisher Peter Scorsch. But nationally, multiple polls of key races proved to be inaccurate by overestimating Republican support. But in the Florida race, they erred by understating votes for DeSantis. So what happened? The financial disparity... Between the two candidates was even larger than their vote totals. DeSanta collected an astonishing massive chest. A war chest. Amplified by small dollar donations from supporters across the country. And was the top fundraiser nationally of all gubernatorial candidates. According to the Tampa Bay Times. So. Here you go. According to the most recent campaign finance reports on the Florida Division of Elections. Uh, DeSantis' direct campaign took in over 28 million in monetary donations. Uh, his pack piled up 209 million. Chris' fundraising looks laughably anemic in comparison with 18 million for his campaign and uh, friends for uh, Charlie Chris' pack. And so her question is: with so, here you go, here's the hit. With so many competitive races across the U.S., you might assume. That the Republican Governors Association tasked with helping elect and reelect gov- gov- Republican governors would not have spent money, much money in Florida this year. You might assume that if the RGA did donate to DeSantis, they certainly wouldn't have made it a priority race. Such assumptions, although reasonable, would be wrong. And they give a screenshot of the Republican Governors Association donations to the Friends of DeSantis PAC. 20950000 so less than 10% of what he raised just looking at the first six months she breaks it down 21 million they burned in the sunshine state could have saved struggling Trump endorsed candidates like Doug Mastriano no he couldn't have been saved Carrie Lake, Carrie Lake wouldn't even come on this program Lake did not launch her first TV ad of the general elect the problem in Arizona wasn't that she didn't, she didn't have money of course um masters didn't have money that was the problem there turning to Scott and then she slams Scott so she slams DeSantis and she slams Scott and who doesn't she slam Mr. Producer McConnell for the way they blew so much of their money so here you have Sarah Rump a mouthpiece A mouthpiece for McConnell, a mouthpiece for Rove, a mouthpiece for Law, a mouthpiece for all the losers. All the losers. Now they're attacking DeSantis. This is what I've warned you about. They want a blood fight between Trump and DeSantis. And also McConnell doesn't want DeSantis. Neither does Rove. Neither does this guy Stephen Law. Washington does not want DeSantis or Trump they didn't want Reagan they do not want a conservative who is serious about slashing the size of government reining in the spending they don't want it I'll be right back Mark Levin Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azerat as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new completely free online course at LevinFreyHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Completely free online at LevinFreyHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. In the last 50 minutes I just showed you why the Republicans are losers. I just showed you why. And why our so-called media are losers too. Because they're out there regurgitating what Mitch McConnell says. You're going to have to ignore our so-called media. Listen to me and other people who are free thinkers, who are independent thinkers, who are just thinkers. I just showed you in the last 50 minutes why the Republicans are losers. And one of the great obstacles to defending and supporting liberty in this country. Do you not wish that we had a leader in the Senate with the strategic skills, with the ability to connive, with the ability to to spin words, but a relentless battle attitude that Schumer has for us? It works for them. But on us, we think we need a wet blanket. None of us voted for McConnell. Almost none of us supported McConnell. We have no say in it. None whatsoever. 37 Republican senators, and we're not even allowed to know who they are. We're not even allowed to know who they are. Voted to return this nitwit to his quote-unquote leadership post. And meanwhile, he's putting out leaks, attacking DeSantis... Attacking Trump while he's pretending to be above the fray. Then you got slobs like Chris Christie who actually thinks he's relevant. You're a slob. You're not relevant. And then I look at this guy Larry Hogan. His double chin has a chin. The guy's got a triple chin going on there. He thinks he's presidential material. He's an idiot. They didn't do anything for their states. What do they do? I go to New Jersey every every Thanksgiving. I actually love New Jersey. It's the government there that I hate. But they have great restaurants, like I grew up with, delis, bagel play, you know, that sort of thing. Well, what did Chris Christie do? Anything lasting or profound? No. Remember when they caught him on the, uh, on the beach, Mr. Pro- producer? Like a beached whale with his family? The whole beach is empty. And there's the big sperm whale right there on the beach. I don't know what he's doing. Sunning himself. I remember. You all remember that? Oh, yeah. Man of the people. Which people? Larry Hogan. I remember Larry Hogan's father. Now, there was a, a principled man. Certainly didn't rub off on Larry, I can tell you that. Larry Sr. Then, of course, the TV. They have a conga line of Trump haters after his speech last night. Oh, yeah, disgruntled former employees, failed authors. You got, uh, uh, what's this guy, Mick Mulvaney. What do I care what Mick Mulvaney has to say? He's a mental midget. Oh, and then we have, uh, who else? This Esper, the former Secretary of Defense. He was there about three minutes. A real hate on there. Our buddy Mike Pence is all over TV, trashing Trump. Let's move forward, but let's first talk about January 6th again. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's
1: here. He's here. He's here.
0: This was from the Courier Journal out of Kentucky, July 17, 2019, when uh, Mitch McConnell ran for reelection. The title is by Tom Loftus Wall Street Firms, not Kentuckians, are leading Mitch McConnell's campaign donations. Frankfort, Kentucky, boosted by big bundles of Wall Street contributions, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's re-election committee took in more than $3 million during the recent quarter that ended in June 30. Biggest blocks of contributions during the period came from two global financial service firms based in New York. 29 people of Blackstone Group made contributions totaling 95000 14 executives at KKR and company, uh, are listed as giving a combined 51000 The report filed late Monday, this is three years ago, with the Federal Election Commission illustrates McConnell's continuing ability to draw big contributions from business interests across the country. Only about 9% of the itemized contributions listed in this recent report come from Kentucky donors, according to an analysis by the Washington-based Center for Responsive Politics. That analysis said McConnell got more money during the quarter from New York and Texas. What do you think of that, America? Mm Mm-hmm. McConnell campaign manager Kevin Golden shot back. Any liberal name in the phone book will raise millions from Hollywood radicals. See, this is what they do. But that's not the point, what they do on the left. The point is McConnell does not represent the people of Kentucky. He doesn't represent the people of the United States. He's got his deals. He's got his deals. And this is what it is. He's used the rules in Washington, D.C. I read to you the other day what a biographer said about him, that he exists for one reason, to raise money and run his re-elections. That's what they do. So uh, let's see. Blackstone and KKR were not the only New York investment firms to help McConnell during the period. The Courier Journal's review of the McConnell report shows that executives of Apollo Global Management and their spouses gave thirty-seven thousand during that just that quarter. Golden Tree Asset Management they donated twenty-nine thousand. Scores of donors gave the maximum fifty-six hundred contribution. They include Gary McNab, the payday lender from Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, let's see Peter Coors, James Davis, chairman of New Balance from Brighton, Massachusetts, and it goes on. Goes on. So he ran in 2020. And so the vast majority of his money was raised from wealthy donors. And hedge funds and financial institutions in New York and so forth and so on, and that's who he listens to. And they go to him, and they say, "Look, we don't we don't want all this conservative free market crap. We don't want, we we need as many illegal immigrants as we can get the hell into this country. Now's the time. The border's open. I, I, I want to meet the Schumer. In other words." The same donors from Wall Street who back Schumer back McConnell. Let me repeat that so his surrogates in the media can hear this. The same Wall Streeters who back Schumer back McConnell, folks. That's the bottom line. It's unbelievable. I'm one guy. I do this myself. Right, Mr. Producer? We look at this. I look at this. You got these news organizations with with billions of dollars. They don't care. They're not going to look at him as, oh, did you see DeSantis and the Republican Governors Association gave him $20 million to run his campaign? And then they trashed Scott, the National Republican Senatorial Committee, and the only one not touched is Mitch McConnell because he has sleazeballs working for him like Steve Law. And they have a great relation. Hey, I got something. What's that? You want to do a hit on DeSantis? Sure. Don't say it came from me. Put it under your own byline. Oh, okay. And of course, we hate Rick Scott because he dared to challenge McConnell. Nobody challenges McConnell. Oh, yeah, we don't like him either. Let's take him down, too. Okay, I got a twofer got a twofer. So the election's over pretty much. McConnell's now the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. And what is he leading them to do? Anybody know? No. But don't worry. Over there at the Wall Street Journal, they got their man. And I'm going to tell you why. Because just like Wall Street, Wall Street and the left have the same thing in common. Not all, everybody in Wall Street, you understand. But Wall Street and the and the Marxists, believe it or not, have the same thing in common. They want that debt ceiling raised. They don't want the brakes put on the spending. And so the Wall Street Journal editorial page is infamous for lying about the debt ceiling to try and upset you about the full faith and credit clause that doesn't even apply to the debt but they'll keep saying, So I'll have to deal with that as I do every couple of years and explain why it doesn't apply, why we're not going to uh, lose our credit, and while what they're trying to really do is raise the debt limit for future spending, not to pay off existing bills. It gets complicated. They know it does. And that's why they know that they'll be able to bamboozle all the idiots out there. That, hey, democracy! Oh, my God! The Republicans! If they win tomorrow, there'll be no democracy. Oh, it's the the mega-fascists, the semi-fascists. Oh, my God. In our response, I'm going to meet him at the 40-yard line there, and I told Biden that. are Are you, I mean, are you kidding me? The Republicans lose because they deserve to lose. You and I do everything we can to help them. We do everything we can to set them straight. We do everything we can to challenge them. We do everything we can with our money, with our vote. They, are, they have a lower IQ than the Democrats. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. I mean, they have absolutely nothing for the American people to rally behind right now. They're not going to push back on the tyranny. I think the House will, in a number of instances. I've I've received a number of messages from them, from the conservatives there. They're feeling pretty good. We'll see. I'm no special pleader for them either. But the Senate is our biggest problem. The Senate is our biggest problem. So what do they do? Here, Here, this is how it works. Let me see if I can sum this up in a few minutes. Republicans are incompetent at setting up voting systems. 20 years ago, there was no 50-day early voting. Five years ago, there were no drop boxes. There was no curing. There was no harvesting. This was all given birth out of California, a one-party fascistic state. And then other Democrat governors pick it up. Other Democrat legislatures pick it up. They put it in place. The Republicans aren't even paying attention. Then you get Republican legislatures and Democrat governors. So the Democrat governors defend what they have and it can't get changed. Some places you have Republican legislatures and Republican governors who don't do a damn thing. Some places you have Republican governors like you had Christie or you had Hogan. Uh, in Democrat states, and of course, they just want to be popular, so they just go on TV all the time. The Democrat Party has fundamentally changed the voting system without passing H.R. 1. All these that we consider failures that are in place were put in place by them the drop boxes, early voting for anybody, no signature requirement, no date requirement. Uh, uh, curing ballots, uh, harvesting ballots. Our guys have lost from all of this. Our people have lost from all of this. That's why they keep winning. Trump's on to something. It's not actually, in my view, fraud per se, although it might be. It is institutionalized fraud. Republicans never would stand for this in the past. Ever. So, all the protections that are in the voting system have been removed. And here's the getter you're not allowed to talk about it. You're an election denier. They denied the 2000 election. They denied the 2004 election. I've played it till I'm blue in the face. They denied the 2016 election. They are poised to deny the 2020 election. Oh, there's not enough mailboxes out here. Remember all that? And now we're the election deniers. They've got it all figured out. They changed the systems. They break the systems. They enhance the Democrat Party voters and voting. And don't you dare even talk about it, let alone fix it, because we'll sick the FBI and the Department of Justice against you. Remember that? Oh, Jim Crow. These are evil people who know exactly what they are doing. And then we go, what do you want to do with their men? Well, I bring mean, them under 40 law, line. You idiot! I'll be right back. Mark lovin'. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT and T, or T-Mobile over eighty dollars a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data. Just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than Unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. I want to welcome Julie Kelly to the program, writing at American Greatness, the should-be Pulitzer Prize-winning author, but we don't have that really anymore in any serious manner. Uh, Julie, you've written a book, Feds Had Informants and Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, for Janu- for uh, yeah, January 6th. The New York Times actually picked up on this, as have other publications. Tell us why this is important.
3: Well, it's important because it confirms what you have helped me cover for the past two years, and that is the inside job that January 6th was, uh, the very in-depth instrumental role that agencies such as the FBI very likely played in the so-called insurrection. But the fact that the New York Times, Alan Fuhrer and Adam Goldman have covered this and last week reported on the top FBI informant, who is the vice president of the other so-called militia group, the Oath Keepers. Um, I think, Mark, you're starting to see the overall narrative of of January 6th starting to sort of peel away. And when it is confirmed by places like the New York Times, you kind of sense that things are shifting a bit.
0: I mean, we had the New York Times, excuse me, we had the FBI involved in the Whitmer situation and trapping a number of these people. You have the FBI involved on January 6th. You have Christopher Way specifically asked about anybody at January 6th at the Capitol building. He refused to say. Now, January 6th, 2021 is almost, what is it, two years away. Mm-hmm. Why can't he answer that question now? What is it that, in other words, they're not protecting sources and all the rest of it now. They're covering their own ass, aren't they?
3: They absolutely are. They're covering their agency. And I'll tell you, that exchange yesterday between Representative Higgins and Christopher Ray, when Higgins directly asked him twice, not just were there, you know, FBI informants who looked like Trump supporters, were they planted inside the building before the doors were opened? before the building was allegedly breached. Now Mark, that should be a no-brainer, right? That's an e- that is nothing but, to hold do with Oh, once I
0: See if you can find that clip. We played it yesterday. We're going to look for that clip now. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: <clears throat> it it has nothing to do with any ongoing investigation if that's an imaginary, you know, thing that is popping around Representative Higgins's head. My my suspicion, Mark, is that he has seen some sort of surveillance video or video that that suggests or confirms that there were assets in the building dressed like Trump supporters people who were on the ground that day people I've spoken with have said that that they saw people who are not on our side who were dressed like Trump people to instigate the violence that day Christopher Ray could have very easily said no but he didn't and you know who cut him off Benny Thompson yeah. This is the irony of that whole exchange. The head of the January 6th committee, he cut off Higgins.
0: and Let, not Let's play him. the clip, and then I'll have you comment after. Go ahead.
4: Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters in, on January 6th of 2021? Well,
1: Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even
4: are, now, because that, that's what you I, told us two years ago.
1: May I finish uh, about when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources? Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false.
4: Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened?
1: Again,
0: I had to be very careful. It should what
4: be I a can- no. Can you not tell the American people, no, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should
5: not read anything into my decision Uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. Wow, that
0: Benny Hill Thompson, I call him Benny Hill Thompson, he cut them both off, and he didn't want Ray to answer that question. And this committee hasn't shown any interest, that January 6th committee, I should say, in any of this information now i suspect this january 6 committee knows fbi informants were in the oath keepers were in the proud boys and elsewhere but they're covering it up aren't they
3: they absolutely are mark and look the other reporting that came out the past few weeks is that the final report will not address anything related to law enforcement or intelligence failures on january 6th there is a team it was assigned only to investigate what law enforcement knew, what intelligence agencies knew, and did not pass along, or they just failed. That's going to be stripped out of this report. And you know from the January 6th committee performances, they haven't addressed anything related to Capitol Police, D.C. Metro Police, FBI, what they knew, knew why did they not act. They've completely memory-holed the pipe bomb story, for example. It's not even clear, Mark, if this committee ever interviewed Christopher Wray or any top official at the FBI. This is no- another cover up effort, just like the Mueller probe was to cover up Russiagate. This January 6th committee is only to go after Donald Trump, number one, and number two, to cover up the inside job that was January 6th, led by very likely this FBI and Christopher Ray mirroring what happened in the Whitmer fed napping hoax, because of course it was all happening at the same time.
0: And this guy Epps, this guy Epps, he's still, still hanging out there. He's on every video, waving people in, organizing them, telling them what to do. Yes or no. Has he been charged with anything? He has not. All right. Can you hold on for one more part of a segment with me, Julie? Happy I would too. appreciate yeah. it. Julie Kelly. Feds had informants and proud boys and oath keepers for J6, and we want to know what else they did. I'll be right back. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over eighty dollars a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data. Just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S. based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than Unlimited because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and our promo code that's Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast.
1: Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot.
0: Call in now at 877-381-3811. We have Julie Kelly with us, the Mark Levin uh, Journalist of the uh, Decade, and uh, we have this piece she wrote about the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, and the fact that the FBI had informants, high-level informants, recording and giving them information. A couple of quick questions here, Julie Kelly. If they have recordings, and if they believe that something violent was going to occur, why didn't they do anything about it?
3: Right. That's one of the million-dollar questions. Why didn't they? If they had all of these informants deployed, not just you know a few days before January 6th, but months before, what were they telling their FBI handlers? And how will we get that information? In terms of the Proud Boys, there's 500-plus pages of redacted documents detailing the informant operation into the Proud Boys. Well, let's see what it says. Let's see what the informants were doing. Were they actually collecting information and giving it to the FBI, or were they doing what the informants were doing in the Whitmer case, which is creating encrypted chats, luring these people into you know, field exercises, surveillance trips, um, and telling them what to do on January 6th? Were they leading the so-called insurrection? Were they collecting information? What were they doing? I mean, that's what we don't know.
0: Did they tell the Metropolitan Police? Did they tell the Department of Defense? Did they do it? And and you know what's interesting is they create a narrative, the FBI, the Democrats, the never Trumpers on Capitol Hill and the media, and you're supposed to just accept the narrative. And they just repeat it and pound it and pound it and repeat it. And yes, okay, can we see the transcripts? No, we have our processes here over at the FBI. So you can never actually have oversight of the FBI now, next, this one, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I'm doing it by memory. I thought the FBI field office in Norfolk wrote a memo to Maine, FBI in Washington, or maybe right. even to Ray, alerting them to some, something they heard from the NYPD and others about possible violence, and Ray said he hadn't read it on by January 6th. Am I right about that?
3: You are. There was some memo out of Norfolk about online chatter that seemed to suggest that violence would take place on January 6th. Um, now, that could have related to Antifa and BLM because, as you know, Mark, these were the same groups attacking people throughout 2020 in Washington, D.C. at November and December rallies, confronting, tormenting, uh, physically attacking Trump supporters. So could it be that? Um, we, we? Has that memo know. ever Is, been released? Um, yes, they're, uh, they have released that memo and Christopher Ray, when asked about it afterwards even by Democrats said well we got it but we couldn't substantiate it you know we weren't really sure we but didn't have time to it but the truth is if he it.
0: had informants in these other groups and then perhaps elsewhere and he had that memo of course he could substantiate enough to, 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 right, to set up a red to send up a flare right if they really thought something violent was going to happen I, I don't get this or there's complete disconnects here
3: Right, or if they knew there was no violence except for the informants and other paid agitators who were in the crowd throughout the day and in the afternoon, and now what Representative Higgins says suggests were in the building, probably opening doors and acting as if they burst through the doors, but they were already there, which some of the video really does look suspicious. Like, how were these people already in the building when it hadn't even been breached, but we're seeing video from 2.20, 2.25, 10 minutes after the first window allegedly was broken. There are a lot, the timeline doesn't add up, the video doesn't add up. And of course, Mark, as you know, we can't see the secret surveillance video. They've also kept that under wraps too. Um, So let's hope, let's pray, keep our fingers crossed. Republicans take the house that they will do what needs to be done. And well, you even have that.
0: some of these newbies like this guy from New York. I think his name is Santos. No, 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 no. we got to work on inflation. I'm going, uh, how about you work on corruption, too? You're a congressman. You're a big boy. You can do both. Uh, I mean, it would be outrageous. They can't succumb to this. They can work on inflation, of course. You've got all these multiple committees and multi-multiple subcommittees. you got over 200 members of the House on the Republican side. You know, Joe Pollack suggested something, and I agree with him. Leave the January 6th committee, but then I'll go further. Of course, fire everybody, hold all the information that they've collected, see what they haven't collected, and expose that to the American people, and then use the powers that have been amassed by that committee, use the legal precedents, as many of them are horrible, but still, that have been created by that committee, and gather information from Nancy Pelosi, from Stempy Hoyer, and yes, Mitch McConnell and all the rest of them, and mm-hmm. file subpoenas with the FBI and so forth. That thing has been militarized. It is sitting there. Don't close it. You agree with me?
3: Oh, I do. I, I've said this for months too. Do not shut down the January sixth. Well, and I'm with so you. We reconfigure it and redirect that uh, that fire at the people who deserve it, and it starts with Christopher Ray and the FBI.
0: In the U.S. Attorney's Office, I'd like to know what this Graves has to say for himself. I would like to know what the Attorney General, all of them. All of Graves them. Graves is a radical, yeah. his wife is a radical. These are Democrat operatives in positions they shouldn't be in.
3: Mark, I've said for uh, the past almost two years, I'll say 18 months, the American people are not ready to fully grasp what our government did to orchestrate the events of January 6th. They really aren't. This will make Russiagate look like a kindergarten play. Um, And the fact that no one was ever punished, held responsible for Russiagate, uh, led to what we saw on January 6th. And it will be mind-blowing. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of Republicans don't want to touch it. Because once they come face-to-face with it, they're going to have to act. And I think that they would just, a lot of them would rather sweep it under the rug and move on.
0: Here's part of the problem with having Mitch McConnell running the Republicans in the Senate. He doesn't want to look, and he could care less. Am I right about that?
3: He was in on it. He was. in. Mitch McConnell was in on it. His sergeant at arms worked with Nancy Pelosi's sergeant at arms, to deny repeated requests for National Guardsmen. Mitch McConnell worked harder than anyone to shut down what was happening on January 6th, and that was the demand for a 10-day election audit. He said if that went forward, it would destroy the country. He urged Republicans not to move forward with it. He was giving a speech urging the Republicans 12 14 of them who signed on with House members to move forward with vetting the claims of election fraud and this audit he wanted January 6th to happen and later that night well, he I can't told agree with that I, I, was hold, on now. hold on
0: hold on now I don't think they wanted violence to happen on January 6th, do you
3: well I mean some of the viol- a lot of the violence came from the police and that's true but they wanted But I
0: I, I can't ascribe to the idea that they wanted violence. Did they want to block challenges? Yes. And did the FBI want to collect information? It's clearly yes. And it seems to me, from my perspective only, that if they thought the people were going to be violent, they didn't act on it. And I don't know how the FBI in Washington, D.C., on the one hand, has informants out in the field, and then on the other hand, gets a memo and says, I can't verify this.
3: When, of course, they can verify everything. No? They all, true. And they also had, according to Newsweek, they had 500-plus special elite FBI forces at Quantico the weekend before January 6th, under direction of Jeffrey Rosen, the acting attorney general at the time we still have no details about what those special forces were doing why they were deployed to the city early that morning how they worked how they were dressed what they did
0: well it and sounds no like nothing sp- that either no it sounds like nothing special was done to protect that building which is your point of mine i think nothing yeah and right Now, all this goes on, and then after the fact, it would be nice if we could get all the information. And they say, don't draw any conclusions. Well, we're only supposed to draw the conclusions that the Democrat Party wants us to draw, the media and the FBI. That's how they work this.
3: Why didn't the Senate testimony talk about all the informants he had back in March of 2021? Why are we just learning it now? There's a reason why. Say that again. Why didn't Christopher Ray in March of 2021 when he testified, why didn't he tell the Senate, yes, we had numerous informants. We were trying to collect information. We didn't have it. Why are we just reporting it now more than two years, nearly two years later?
0: That's so true because he is he's covering up. He won't tell Congress. That's right. All right, my friend. Appreciate your call. Have a great your call. Appreciate you taking our request and have a wonderful Thanksgiving.
3: Always. You too, Mark. Thanks for everything.
0: All right, take care. It's unbelievable. I'll be right back. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data Just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than Unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switch to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Statement by President Joe Biden on the vote in the Senate today to codify same-sex marriage. Love is love, and Americans should have the right to marry the person they love. Today's bipartisan vote brings the U.S. Senate one step closer to protecting that right in law. That right is protected in law. It's a Supreme Court decision. The Respect for Marriage Act will ensure that LGBTQI plus couples and interracial couples... Are respected and protected equally under federal law interracial couples have nothing to this is what I mean we want to meet these guys on the 40-yard line the loving decision was issued what was it more than half a century ago interracial couples oh you mean like Clarence and Ginny Thomas who are under constant attack by the lily-white leftists those people I want to thank the members of Congress whose leadership. So in any event, this is what the Republicans did today. Nothing. This is nothing. This is all intended to, to address emotions, mostly the Democrat base. We got real problems going on in this country. And this love is love stuff, uh, Joe Biden, you believe in abortion on demand. You don't believe in love. You believe in killing babies. And this is what I mean about the mouth-broken Republicans. The response should be, you support abortion at birth. That is, infanticide. Every one of you damn Democrats up here do. (coughs) You all do. So we're going to introduce an amendment to this to prevent that. Now let's see love is love. Let's have one of those statements from Joe Biden. Love is love. By the way, what is he, a hippie or something? Sometimes I wonder, what's the point? Really, I do, Mr. Medusa. What's the point? CNN, MSNBC, even some of my dear friends on our favorite network, they bring these never-Trumpers on and these Bush people on after Trump's speech to to trash Trump. Have you ever seen anything like that? Do they bring people on who are known to hate Joe Biden after he gives some, well, if he gave a presidential uh, campaign speech. Hey, what do you think of that? And it's all predictable. It's all predictable. And, and, the, and the criticisms have been really quite interesting. My, he seemed kind of down. Uh, well, he's been talking about the past campaign over and over and over again, and then remarkably, he didn't say anything about it. What's that all about? or he's a victim he sounded like a victim we need to move forward they can't stop talking about January 6th we need to move forward and Donald Trump announced for his presidency after his candidates lost all those seats and how do they cover McConnell McConnell crushed Scott his opponent they're going to audit Scott's spending to see exactly what and to my shock Marsha Blackburn is behind this, Mr. Producer. Did you see that? Marsha Blackburn is behind wanting to audit the National Republican Senatorial Committee under Rick Scott. They've never done that before, but they want to do it now. Because McConnell wants them to do it. Because this is the way he plays ball. Off the radar, in the dark behind the scenes, where people can't see him. But, I've got a flashlight. I see you over there, Mitchie. I see you over there. But I am uh, really disappointed in Marsha Blackburn. I really am. Well, we need to know how the money was spent, because we should have won this election, and they ran it really? Are you confused about how the money was spent? How about the Senate Leadership Fund that raised... Even more money. you concerned about how that money was spent to take out Bulldog in the primary? Or withheld from, a, from an excellent candidate, Masters in Arizona, or used to trash one of our fellow conservatives in Alaska in order to prop up Murkowski? Why don't you audit that, Marsha? I'm not buying this. You know, we have a lot of schizophrenic Republicans in the Senate. They talk tough about conservatism. Yes. And then vote for McConnell. I don't think you're buying that anymore. And I would ask Mitch McConnell and the media. Let's get a list of how the vote broke down. Who are the 37? Who are the 10? And who's the one that voted president? And we shall move on. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read The Secret War on Cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution. Against all freedom-loving Americans. So, you need to read The War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492. 800-630-1492 or visit SwissAmerica.com. This war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492 or visit (laughs) SwissAmerica.com. New Hampshire, I feel sorry for those in New England who are conservatives, or at least don't vote Democrat. I feel sorry for you, because your fellow citizens up there are insane, and they are voting and have voted for a party and administration that is going to unleash a lot of pain And poverty on you people. I want to underscore this. We touched on it earlier, but now there's more information from our friends at What's What's Up With That, W-A-T-T-S. It's a great site. Winter Warning to Biden Administration, New England Energy Shortages Ahead by Robert Bradley Jr., Natural gas shortages and reliability concerns in New England are neither short term nor unanticipated. ISO New England and the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission have for many months called attention to the very real reliability issues that are likely to face the region in the coming winter months due to insufficient supply of natural gas. New England power plants generated an estimated 4.18 million metric tons of CO2 in January 2022, up from 2.77 metric tons, with the region's heavier reliance on oil, accounting for most of the difference. In other words, because they're not getting enough natural gas. Government intervention creates emergencies and shortages, unlike self-interested transactions when in a true free market. This was true a century ago with World War I planning, and it remains true today. The 1970s oil and gas shortages should have taught politicians that price and allocation controls do not work. Infrastructure obstructionism can cause price spikes and physical shortages, too, as demand outraces supply. A decade of natural gas obstruction in New England has resulted in LNG, over-reliance price inflation, on the one hand and relatively dirty fuel substitution on the other that is oil for natural gas. Why the worst of all worlds? Why? Because the Greens want to push home and business electrification by making natural gas artificially scarce, artificially scarce and artificially expensive. But wind and solar are not the answer where citizens are vetoing their machinery. The the intermittency dooms reliable service consumers pain ahead. So this letter from the Interstate Natural Gas Association President and CEO Amy Andrazak (coughs) to President Biden just last week should concern everybody. Here's some excerpts. Please, this is important. I'm writing to further underscore the concerns about the New England region's growing uneasiness about electric reliability and corresponding price spikes during cold winter months. Now, these people are involved in providing the energy and representing the people who do. And they are jumping up and down. They are banging the pots and pans. They have been doing it month after month after month. And nobody is listening to them. Instead, we have Congress today in the Senate voting to codify same-sex marriage. Like, that's an issue. And 12 Republicans in the Senate. That's their priority. If you want to get married in this country and you're gay, go for it. It's the law of the land because the Supreme Court said so. What's this codification stuff? It's a vote for political purposes. She writes, I encourage your administration, that's Biden, to pursue a long-term solution that addresses the root cause of the region's long-standing electric reliability problems, a lack of adequate natural gas infrastructure, Rather than focus on the short-term emergency solutions that were neither intended nor designed to address systemic issues like those that are present in New England. New England will need natural gas to meet its power needs both this winter and in the foreseeable future. Unfortunately, there is insufficient infrastructure connecting New England to domestic natural gas supplies because they're stopping all the pipelines. And recent attempts to expand existing infrastructure at the request of local utilities and other energy users have been thwarted by misguided policies and vocal opponents to new infrastructure development. (coughs) New England is facing a perilous winter season because of this stifling of new infrastructure development over the past decade. The desire to act now is compelling. Emergency powers are not a long-term solution to this p- problem. Executive emergency powers are meant to address short-term, unanticipated scarcity. Well, this is planned scarcity by the radical left-wing commie green movement types and their, uh, their colleagues in the Biden administration. Natural gas shortages are reliably concerns in New England are neither short-term nor unanticipated. Gordon Van Wheeley, president and CEO of ISO New England, wrote to Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm over the summer that during the coldest days of the year, New England does not have sufficient pipeline infrastructure to meet the region's demand for natural gas. Now, what Trump, excuse me, what Biden will do is attack big oil. Well, little oil is here and they're saying we need to let, let us build our pipelines. New England's reliance on imported LNG is not sustainable, natural gas, and negative consequences of over-reliance can be avoided with additional natural gas pipeline infrastructure. The lo- solution is especially compelling considering the region's proximity to the Marcellus Shell production area, one of the most prolific natural gas supply b- uh, basins in the world. Despite those facts, key policymakers and officials in the region have been unwilling to accept the role that natural gas plays and will continue to play in New England's energy mix and has led them to block the development of clearly needed new natural gas infrastructure. Put simply, natural gas and its related infrastructure are a necessary part of any lasting solution to deliver clean, affordable, reliable energy to New England homes and businesses. Now you remember when the big push was for natural gas, right? It's clean. We don't want coal. We want clean natural gas. Now it's no fossil fuels. None. Doesn't matter how clean. None. You would think, and I told you this weeks ago, you would think that New England would be the most conservative part of the country, given the winters there which are unbelievably cold and all the snow you would think but it's the opposite it's the damnest thing it's the damnest thing so they elect the same democrats over and over again to congress they'd vote for joe biden for president i'm not talking about those of you who don't obviously i'm talking about the majority who do it's just incredible What suckers these people are on the left. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Charles Payne is a busy man. I've seen him everywhere. I think there's two of them, actually. And uh, he's been kind (laughs) enough to come on the program. Charles, I don't understand this FTX stuff. I know it's a big subject, but can you explain it in plain English to me?
1: Sure, I'll try. (laughs) Um, Cryptocurrencies uh, have become very popular in the last four or five years, particularly in the last two or three. Bitcoin is the one that's known, but there are 20,000 of them, maybe more. They just, you can create one. You can have the Mark Levin cryptocurrency tomorrow if you like. Really? And so when people, yeah, yeah, oh. I think you should probably think about it, <laughs> <laughs> and so they're, they're coins, and some people use them as investments, some use them as because of that, oh. they they trade, and so FTX is an exchange that was created for people to trade their cryptocurrencies, and this is a big deal, particularly for young investors, millennials. Uh, but everyone's involved in this, you know, and institutions have started to buy the quality, the so-called quality stuff, right, like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Those are the top two. So FTX was designed as an exchange. You go there, you open up an account just like a brokerage account, but instead of trading stocks, you trade crypto. And it sounds pretty good until you start to look into what was actually going on or at least what's being alleged. The guy who put this together is Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, In my mind, looking at the structure of this company from the very beginning, uh, was out to deceive people, was out to steal, out to hurt, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, They created their own coins as a promotional tool, ended up monetizing them by shipping them off to a hedge fund that he controlled, and on the hedge fund's books, marking them down as having a value, in this case, almost $4 billion.
0: So just making it up?
1: Yeah, yeah. Boy. In, de- in Denmark, they ran into trouble with their hedge fund, so they siphoned money out of the exchange from people's accounts. The number I've read is as high as $10 billion. Yes. So what did he do with this money? Well, he, he became the number two donor to the Democratic Party to President Biden's reelection, Only George Soros, who was an established billionaire for, for a long time. Uh, donated more money. He poured a lot of money into the midterm elections. He vowed that if Trump were to run for re-election, he would pour a billion dollars into the Democratic Party. One billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, the, so it's, it's, it's up in smoke now. Things are coming out. There's a lot of finger pointing. And my greatest hope is that we really, truly, A, get to the bottom of it, and B, find a way to make sure this never happens again.
0: Well, Charles, here's the thing to me. You've got federal regulators all over the place. They, they, they want to hire 87,000 more IRS agents to chase down hardworking regular Americans. Then you've got a high-flying guy who's 30 years old. He's a multi-billionaire. He's not exactly hiding under his desk. He spends lavishly. He donates, as you point out, some $40 million to the Democrat Party. Where the hell is the SEC where the FBI, the Department of Justice, they don't see any of this?
1: It's maddening. It's maddening. And it's not like it was hard. You know, as I've been digging deeper into this the last week and a half, people have been talking about this in the open, on social media. I've seen tweets from a year ago saying this does not add up. People who are in the crypto industry, this does not add up. Something is wrong. Warning other folks, take your money off that platform now. So this has been out there. It's not even a secret. It's been out there. And the regulators have been absent. The SEC has been absent. Uh, you know, here's the interesting thing. He has spent a lot of time in DC crafting. When has been in DC crafting legislation. He was trying to put together a legislation that would actually give his company advantages over every other company. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, he bought, that kind of influence. And by the way, he comes from a well-to-do family. Both of his parents are professors. Uh, his dad is Vegas. one of the foremost tax experts out there. So, he, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of knew how to put these things together.
0: But it's very interesting to me. The Democrats don't seem really angry about this. Here they are, busy getting things done that they want to rush through, but they don't even want a hearing on this. Um, uh the SEC, the failures there and the other regulatory uh, entities that are out there. You have big tech that monitors their own platforms but apparently didn't care about this. Uh and I look at this and I say to myself, um was this guy buying protection from the Democrat party because the Democrats are much more aggressive in their investigations than Republicans.
1: Right. Right. That's a fair Possibly. question. Uh Yeah, it's possible. In fact, I had a a guest on today who is a a Bitcoin expert, and it's not just the Democratic Party and the regulators, but the media. Since all of this has come out, yesterday, the New York Times wrote a glowing article about this guy. Never mentioned the word fraud, never mentioned the word crimes, never mentioned any of those words. They did talk about how little sleep he gets. They mentioned that he was frugal, even though he has a $40 million uh, pad in the Bahamas. He flies around in private jets. Vox uh, wrote an article saying that uh, the talk of him having influence over the Democrats is, is over is oversimplified or exaggerated. Forbes wrote an article suggesting he and his parents practice. I think you call it's called utilitarianism. And apparently this doctrine that you go through life and you try to help as many people as possible. So Forbes wrote an article saying whatever he did was altruistic in an effort to help other people. This is the media circling the wagons Mm -hmm. around this guy who's ripped off. A million people are now uh, 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 creditors in his bankruptcy. Billions of dollars, and they're making him out. They're still trying to make him out to be a hero.
0: And that's because of his, quote-unquote, charitable donations and Democrat Party donations. Otherwise, why would they care?
1: Right, right. That's what I I think. And how did he get this far? There's one other thing I do want to mention while I'm on with you. The number one venture capital firm in the world is Sequoia. They raised money for him twice last year. The second time at a valuation of $25 billion with that valuation, he was able to get additional money. So he took 500 million and invested that into Sequoia and other venture capitalist firms. They published a piece on him a couple of months ago, this glowing piece about him having survivors guilt, some sort of a uh, complex, survivor's complex. And in this, he brags about not reading. He says people who do read are dumb. Uh, You know, he used a lot of curse words. And I say to myself, if I walked into Sequoia, the number one venture capitalist firm in the world, and say, listen, I've got an idea for a business. I would like to raise money through your firm. I don't like to read. Would they kick me out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> think, think about so. this for a moment. Yeah, what's going on here? They're sophisticated. They're the smartest people in the world. They know how to read balance sheets. They know how to. Um, they know how to so why the not They. They made money. They they raised a certain amount of money for him. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it was. I think twenty, thirty, forty million, but it put the valuation of his firm at twenty five billion. He was able to leverage that for money. and he took five hundred million, two hundred million of which he poured back into Sequoia. Think about that for a moment. Think
0: about that for a moment. This is mind-boggling. No, that is pathetic, particularly the cover-up by the media, because the media know that the Democrat Party or the Democrats are going to be dragged into this somehow. You know, once you start doing an investigation and get texts and emails, it's my understanding the junior senator from New York even was doing some of his bidding in Washington. Did you hear that?
1: I haven't gotten the complete list. I know a a minimum of 25. There's a few Republicans on there, but the bulk of the cash went to Democrats. I mean, he's an avid Democrat. Uh, You know, again, he said he put a billion dollars into the race of Trump ran. And by the way, Maxine Waters announced uh, that they're going to have some hearings next week uh, into an investigation of FCX. You should Mm -hmm. see the photographs of her and Sam Baker freed all over the place. Again, he was in the halls of Congress. He was in deep in DC crafting legislation to dominate this industry that was going to be rubber-stamped by Congress.
0: Unbelievable. Charles, yeah. you're, uh, you're, you're a national national hero. We appreciate it because you dig into these things like few people do. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks,
1: Mark. Okay.
0: God, God bless. He's terrific. Charles Payne. I can't get enough of that guy. We'll be right back. in at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEVIN. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details.
1: Mark Laffin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him
0: at 877-381-3811. I told you folks yesterday, we weren't going to go to nuclear war over this missile in Poland. The news said it was fired by Russia. I said if it was, it was an accident. Because it didn't make any sense. Turns out they believe it was from a defense missile from Ukraine. And so, of course, the the putinoid wing of the American media and the Democrat and Republican parties, they jump. First, yesterday they were warning you of nuclear war, which was ridiculous. Then they kept talking about Article 5 under NATO. Article 5 under NATO, in this case, wouldn't apply. That is, accidents don't apply. There has to be some real mens rea. And now it's being used to slash all support for Ukraine. Look, I have no problem with Inspector General looking over the money that's being spent in Ukraine. No problem whatsoever. I think we need to have a tighter understanding or better, more transparent understanding of what's going on. But they know and I know and you know. If we pull our funding from Ukraine, Russia will take Ukraine. And the amount of bloodshed and torture that's already occurred will occur a million times more. And those people will be destroyed and slaughtered. And then Russia will be on the border with NATO. So the people who are saying let's cut all the funds like Congressman Massey and others. And that's pretty much his position when it comes to defense spending and so forth as as a broad matter. As well as a few other knuckleheads on this. They know what would happen. You know what would happen. So how do we define victory, they ask. I don't know. How did we define victory that would end the Cold War? We never did define it. We never did define it. But thank God we don't have troops in Ukraine, because everybody agrees that's absolutely ridiculous to send troops. Unacceptable. And so we don't. But it's just like the radical left They keep changing the bar. They keep moving it. That's not enough. Okay, don't provide them with money. Okay, can we provide them with arms? No, don't provide them with arms. What are we doing there? Which we've discussed over and over and over again since Russia invaded Ukraine. The other thing they're very concerned about is if Vladimir Putin is actually defeated. Or if he's actually taken out by his own people. And this is this is weird too. Very strange. The only person threatening to hit us with nuclear weapons over there is Vladimir Putin. So why are they defending him? It's a very strange crowd. If you ask me. Very strange. And then they tell us we're being duped. This is typical liberal propaganda. We're being duped, don't you know? Because you and I were too stupid to figure things out. We're just too dumb. So the way it should work is, Ukraine, which has no economy left, and Putin is targeting all of their electrical grid, all of their, their tanker, ports, everything, trying to blow them up so the people over there freeze to death. It's clearly a war on the people. That's what they're trying to do. So I guess Ukraine should just, what, surrender? Just surrender. But they're clearly not going to do that. So we, you see, are the warmongers. The warmongers in Washington, D.C., the warmongers in Paris, the warmongers in London, the warmongers in every capital of every country in NATO. They're just all warmongers, don't you see? They're all warmongers out to make money. To make money. Just the warmongers. They're doing this just to make money. And that's, you see, what's happening in every capital... In every NATO country. It's that simple. Now how stupid is that? Very stupid. They're just upset that Ukraine hasn't surrendered. That Ukraine wasn't defeated. That the Ukrainian people are fighting. That they're not going to give up. Very concerned about the amount of money we spend. But that's not really the truth. Ladies and gentlemen. They don't want any money spent. Period. Period. Not a plug nickel. Well, you must be a neocon. I say, and you must be a Marxist. And that doesn't get us very far either, does it? No, I don't think it does. These endless wars. Imagine how the Ukrainians feel. Endless wars? The war hasn't even gone on for a year. And you have to admit the outcome so far has been utterly unpredicted. Sometimes we can be on the same side of people we detest, you know. People we don't respect. When it comes to being on the right side of something. In this case, we detest Biden and we detest his government and we detest the Democrats. But they happen to be right about this. Should I switch sides and join Putin? You'll notice I don't, I don't talk up Russia and Putin. I don't talk up Biden. I call it as I see it. Same with politics. I call it as I see it. So, no, we shouldn't cut off Ukraine. That's nuts. Absolutely nuts. And just think of what Xi would do. Xi, cockier than ever cockier than ever. If we did that, in addition to what I just said, our enemies would be on the move all over the world. If that's our foreign policy, we have no business with Ukraine, then we have no business with Israel, we have no business uh, with South Korea, we have no business with Taiwan and Japan, we have no business well, what's going on here? So what is exactly their foreign policy? They don't have any. They just try and pull at your Emotions. That's all. Where's their foreign policy written so I could read it? Read it to you out loud in plain English. They don't have one. It's certainly not based on prudence. Certainly not based on our national security because we wouldn't have an ally left in the world. We have bases all over the world. They'd have to shut down. We have ports all over the world. They'd have to shut down. NATO would collapse. I'm not into it, folks, and I'm not buying into it. President Trump didn't support that. Ever. And speaking of President Trump, cut 13, go.
4: In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States.
0: And you can hear the media. Oh, no! Democracy again! Oh, my God! What are we going to do? What are we going to do? All right. Cut 14. Go.
4: I will push for a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on members of Congress. It's time.
0: By the way, you know why he's saying we need a constitutional amendment? Because the Supreme Court ruled correctly that you can't impose term limits on members of Congress because the Constitution didn't do that. And a statute had been passed, and the Supreme Court struck it down. And that was the position of the Reagan administration, too. We've got to do this, but we have to do it through an amendment. Well, Mark, we'll never get it. I'm tired of all the naysayers. If that's what we want to do, that's how we do it. That's why we embrace convention of states. But that's the only way to do it, and Trump knows that. Go ahead.
4: for a permanent ban on taxpayer funding of campaigns a lifetime ban on lobbying by former members of Congress and cabinet members
3: uh oh what
0: will will Boehner do with with the pot lobbying Mr. Producer and what will Trent Lott do didn't he represent some Russian related group I think he did guess they'll have to get a real job oh well go
4: ahead No, I see what they make. They leave the White House or they leave Congress and they're paid millions and millions and millions of dollars a year. No, you have to have a ban. We want a ban on members of Congress getting rich by trading stocks with insider information.
0: See, that could have been the number one thing that they acted on, the Republicans, but they didn't. They didn't because they suck. McConnell and the 37 who voted for him, they suck. And we want the names. New York Times, go find somebody anonymous. You're good at that. But try and be accurate this time. Politico, I know your buddies with McConnell. See if you can get the
4: information. Go ahead. And many of our great members agree with that. They actually agree with that. And of course, we will do whatever it takes to bring back honesty, confidence, and trust in. elections
0: Here he goes again with the elections my god. I Mean what's wrong with our elections? We got curing we got harvesting we've got no signatures no dates We got drop boxes. We got 50 days early voting. What could go wrong for God's sakes? Go ahead
4: to eliminate cheating I will immediately demand voter ID, same-day voting, and only paper ballots. Oh, voter suppression.
0: You must be a racist. An ID? Same-day voting? Paper ballots? You clearly are a racist. Go ahead. Now, Mr. Producer, we had a gentleman, our last person... For the election on our show was Kylie. Remember him from California? Kevin Kylie from California. He was our last guest. Nobody else had him on national radio. And guess what? He just won officially. And he's the one that bumped the number to 218. For the Republicans to take the house. So I want to congratulate you. I want to congratulate him. And it took only eight days to figure it out. It's amazing. I'll be right back. love in Nicole Wallace on MSNBC and as long as Comcast and MSNBC and AT&T with CNN and all the rest of them, Discovery, As long as they continue to allow poisonous, low IQ grifters like a Nicole Wallace to have an hour on television, this country can never unite. They want to talk about Trump. They want to talk about talk radio. They want to talk about civility. You'll find no civility on MSLSD, on the constipated news network. You'll find no civility at Mediaite or Media Matters. You'll find no civility. In the pages of the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. None. Because the media is a hate operation against anyone who dares to actually exercise free speech. Cut 17. Go.
2: Alexi, they're so far away from this. I mean, they are They are running. They ran as arsonists trying to burn down our democracy. And now they want to put on a firefighter hat and help put out this the fires. This is Nicole I mean-
0: Wallace. This is a truly sleazy buffoon. She has no substance. Somebody hands her a few lines. But she's not alone. you got the whole line up there. you got Joy Reid. You've got Joe Scarborough. Who's, uh, who's transitioned. Who's transitioned. Nobody knows who wears the pants in that family. But I mean politically. He's transitioned. And it's one after another after another with their hate speech. And if it wasn't Trump... It would be DeSantis. Listen to me. I'm telling you what's going on. Forget about some of the news people you listen to and say they don't know what the hell's going on. It's going right over their heads. This is a movement that we're up against. It is a radical, vicious, destructive movement that approves violence when it happened in 2020 during the entire summer. That ignores the violence in the Democrat cities that is winding up murdering people while they pretend not to. Let me say a couple other things before we go here. I am well aware that four young college students were slaughtered. And I am well aware in Idaho that three young college students were slaughtered in Virginia. We haven't yet learned what's going on in Idaho, but that is grisly. We don't really know many facts on what took place in Virginia, why this lunatic shot his football colleagues who were out with him on a bus that went to a play or something, a musical in Washington. These are horrific, horrific things. When you send your kids to college, you don't expect that for sure. And then 25 LA County sheriff trainees were run over with all kinds of horrific injuries that took place in Whittier, California, the old home of Richard Nixon and so forth. And we're still trying to get to the bottom of that. Just ran them all over. There may be as many as 75 who were running. Person was in the wrong lane. Can you imagine? being run over so I don't have enough information on any of those beyond what you already know and as soon as we do we can discuss that because it's horrendous we salute our armed forces police officers firefighters emergency personnel and our truckers out there and I want to thank Judge Sullivan again in in Washington D.C. who is a complete nut job who just lifted Title 42 in five weeks. So 5 million illegal immigrants will now turn into 10 million coming over the border.